Hello, hello out there. This is our podcast today. This is Eric Johnson, the brand. And Coach Aaron, the source. EJ, what do we got on our plate on this rainy day? <laughs> oh, man. I tell you, talking about non-baseball weather, you know, we're, we're there. We're there right now. It's non-everything hey. weather. <laughs> it's not, man. It's just, hey, man, it's just it's just that way. Aaron, um, you and I have been watching athletes the past couple of weeks because of, we've had this a lot of hours in, in the shop, okay? And we're always looking at how players move and how they flow uh, in any sport. And the topic today is, you know, corrupted movement patterns. Can kids really move? Is it too late? Corrupted movement patterns. Is it too late for guys to get better, girls to get better? What are your thoughts about that, man? Because you and I are seeing this all the time. And we we have, you and I have these long discussions about it when we have time to talk. Yeah, I mean, this was something we talked about earlier this week and it kind of came to mind for me because it's been a reoccurring theme in, in some of the complaints that I'm getting from, you know, other coaches, right? Um, other trainers, other, you know, instructors. And it's almost a recurring theme. And I, I won't say with this generation, but, you know, with a lot of athletes that are playing sports now. And, and basically what, what I mean by corrupted movement patterns is that um, athletes have learned to move the wrong way. Okay. And, 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 you know, the, I always say the great thing about the body is it's adaptability. The worst thing about the body is it's adaptability, <laughs> you know, because right. it, it will find a way to do something, but it doesn't necessarily mean it finds the correct way to do something. And so when you're talking about sports, you may put a bat in the kid's hand or a ball in the kid's hand, or, you know, you may have them run or jump. And the body has a way of trying to self-organize itself, you know, which is really a great asset. But when it organizes itself the wrong way and you can and you repeat that those wrong movement patterns, then I call, you know, then I call those patterns corrupted. And for people in our line of business and coaches, basically what it's translated to now is that we find, at least I find myself doing more of my work, or more of my work being remedial in nature than being advanced. And I'm not talking about remedial for an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old. I'm talking about remedial for 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, 16-year-olds, where you think that, you know, these movement patterns would be, you know, much better or corrected, you know, by now. Right. And, and the way that translates into performance is the athlete hits the ceiling because at a certain level, the body has to move the correct way and there's no fudging it. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's no faking it uh, with improper movement patterns. And so that might mean, you know, especially for pitchers, throwing with their arm instead of throwing with their body. Right. Uh, you know, in baseball terms for hitters, 
not being able to use ground forces through the hips to to generate power on their swing you know being isolated to all upper body you know so there's a lot of there you know for agility athletes court and field athletes they may shuffle their feet instead of being able to pick them up and push off correctly when cutting and being explosive right uh, there's there's it, it translates into so many different improper movement patterns which basically stifles the development of the athlete so that's when i'm talking about corrupted movement patterns that's what i'm talking about and um you know how do we address that how do we address that as coaches parents athletes and what's the proper way of, of dealing with that so that you don't have an athlete who's fighting those most basic functional movements to use a broader term when an athlete gets older so I'll let you start and then there I'll, I'll talk about you know another side of that okay. and why I think that's happening right um <clears throat> yes uh formed habits corrupted movement there you movement. go yep formed <laughs> habits and it's tough you know and I'm always trying to fix that and I, I guess this is why the challenge I still love teaching you know love trying to get athletes to the next part so my advice when you have corrupted movement patterns Aaron and as instructors and this is to parents this is to players you have to be patient and you're going to have to take a step back and you're going to have to train in a way that may be different than you've been doing which maybe that that way of training is I've got more faster go faster more training just go for it i gotta get it done right away no when you said remedial training and you said just slowing down you're saying slow down the process get the movement pattern back to where it should be so the athlete can move forward so my advice is don't be afraid players parents to allow that instructor to slow it down and move forward now it's going to take a little longer but and the, the end result, Aaron, as you and I know, if we can fix those things, it's 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 gravy going forward, you know, but you have to be patient. And I feel a lot of people aren't patient, Aaron, with that. Uh, when when you say, hey, listen, we're going to have to take a step back here, you know, and, and when you and I tell our athletes that, you know, first thing, it's like red flag. What, what did I do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. We're trying to fix a pattern that can help you move forward whether you were a pitcher an infielder you know we're just talking baseball terms here um an infielder a pitcher a hitter we're just slowing down things to make you better and i think that's important you know for all the people out there listening is that there is a way to fix it but the question it comes this is it too late okay is it too late because if you're trying to hey, fix this movement pattern during the season it's too late. You can't do that during the season. You know, there's too much at stake. Those things need to be done in your off season. That's a great time to do it. Right. Um, and that off season could be a long time. That could be, hey, for baseball, it's like five months. You know, right. I mean, it could be. So don't be afraid to make an adjustment. I think that's what we're really saying. Don't be afraid to make adjustment and and understand that it takes time, Aaron. 
I'm gonna hit on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna nail that one right away. I'll let you go ahead. Well, you you meant you, you said one word that I actually had written down, and that's it's true. I mean, what are the causes for this one? Um, you know, and it's not always. It's not anyone's fault. For right. The, for the most part, it's just you learn how to do things. You know, at an early age, and that's just how you do them. And mm -hmm. you know, you might repeat that process for five, six, seven years without ever being corrected. And especially if you're having some success with that, but it doesn't ultimately mean that you're going to have continue to have success with that, especially at the higher levels, because the game gets faster, it gets more sophisticated. You know, you've got a, it demands a lot more. So what may have worked at 12 may not work at 16. And that needs to be recognized. And and that's and and so coaches and trainers may want to train or may want to change something. An athlete might be resistant because they've had success with those movement patterns, but they've got to understand that the change is so that you can continue to grow. Uh, it's not about trying to, you know, have you fail uh, or, or, or break something. With me, I, I, I see a lot of, especially in my business, uh, because it's so visual now with, um, with social media is, um, you know, athletes want to do, they just want to do the sexy exercises. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and, and trainers are kind of caught in a quandary, a quandary because, you know, you get kids who come in and if you give them the mundane, you have to worry about, well, do they want to come back? You know? <laughs> and, yeah, and so what right. I think happens is uh, a lot of trainers and coaches feed feed the candy but they don't feed the vegetables and 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 so you know you've got a lot of athletes who are training on empty calories yeah and and nothing really that substantial and, and sustainable and you know as an athlete or as a coach as a trainer you have to the responsibility is to get to where they ultimately want to be and so you have to have that conversation if you know the training gets mundane and it gets boring you, i have to remind kids i said look this is where what we need to do to get you where you want to be if you don't want to do this anymore master it so we can move on you know uh, some of that mundane stuff isn't fun for me either true um, and and so you know that's that's one of the the issues that you know i have as a trainer uh, and trying to move the needle with some of these athletes. But generally, you know, what I do is I take a wax on, wax off approach. You know, I, I will give them exercises kind of like, you know, Mr. Miyagi. We're going right. to do this exercise. Yeah, it's mundane, but you draw the correlation and you show them, hey, hey, this is how it transfers. And, and then the light bulb will go on and they tend to be a little uh, uh, more accepting of what they're doing because now they kind of understand. And like I said, sometimes you just have to say, hey, look, learn how to do it <laughs> and let's move on. Then we can move on. Learn uh, how to master it, right? Learn how to master it. Exactly. And and so, you know, that's that's one of my thoughts on on that subject. And in terms of is it too late, well, I don't know. I'm an eternal optimist. It's never too never too late because again, the body's ability to learn and adapt is just, you know, a beautiful thing about, you know, the human body. 
And if you, it's like a computer, if you can program it and you're sending the right signals, you know, i.e. the coach and the trainer sending the right signals and putting in the right information, it can change and it can change, you know, rapidly, it can change exponentially, but that change is only facilitated if the athlete is receptive. You know, it's kind of like, okay, I can punch in the right coordinates, but if my keyboard doesn't work, you know, uh, the input device isn't working, then, um, you know, my information never gets downloaded. So, and it's funny because we talked, we talked about our last podcast. Are you, are you coachable or do you really want to be coached? And if, if you are only if you have a narrow bandwidth of acceptance of what the coach is teaching you, well, then you're only going to get a small amount of that information. And as a result, maybe a small amount of improvement. But if you open that bandwidth, you know, to receive all the information, well, then you're going to be in a much better situation. Um, I really think that, you know, again, going back to my, my wax on, wax off approach, I really think there should be hitting lessons where you don't even pick up a bat. There should be pitching wow. lessons where you don't even pick up a bat. I I do it in track and field. There's ways to teach running without necessarily always having to run or run at full speed or you know or do 20 sprints. So I and and I think part of the you know I use the word primer when I do some of my classes because my primers are about just that kind of laying the foundation of movements that we're going to layer activity and then layer performance on. So you've got your under, you know, you've got your foundation of movement, you layer activity, you know, activity might be throwing a ball, right? Airing performance on top of that might be pitching, but we do it in a, you know, a progressive way. And if that underlying foundation of being able to have a proper stride, you know, not pitching stride, but just being able to open the legs up or being to project the body laterally or having the range of motion in the hips or in the flexion in the torso, you know, all of those functional things come together for throwing activities and ultimately pitching activities. So, right. you know, I think you know, again, I'm not a pitching coach. And again, a lot of this stuff obviously is economy of time and, and that sort of thing. Right. But that's kind of where I would at least start just to screen the athlete. Can he even use his hips? You know, can he even use, you know, uh, in running? Can they, you know, for me, it's it's quite simple and visible. Where is the, Where are they striking their foot on the ground? You know, are they on the heel? Are they flat-footed on the ball of the foot? You know, <coughs> so there's some very basic things that I think it, that you can start off with to at least checkpoint to make sure everyone is there, you know, or every athlete is there. And usually, now that I'm kind of talking this out, usually yeah. those things are kind of the key core things that you need to see every athlete do to be successful. Now it's going to look, and again, I always talked about this, sprinting is going to look different on everyone, pitching right. is going to look different on everyone, hitting is going to look different on everyone, shooting is going to look different on everyone, but there's still those core things. And usually those core things are those functional <laughs> sorts of activities Absolutely. we're talking about. 
So Absolutely. why aren't we starting there with our education process, at least screening process? A hundred percent agree. This is why I think we got along for, you know, we've, you, you and I have been together for yeah, 20, 30 years, man. I mean, you've been together for a long time. This is why I think you and I really, you know, we vibed in the beginning because, you know, when I first started off teaching and, and, and teaching in terms of teaching adults how to coach players in Little League, doing coaching clinics with Ron Wotus and Joe Millette and Pat Brady, and we're breaking down the stuff in the most fundamental base and what what leads me down this road is what you and I were talking about on Tuesday uh, when we had the group of players in there and I was I was doing some pitching drills with the guys and we were just talking about, you know, the player has trouble doing this and, and you're talking about screening process of an athlete and we we're talking about the foot structure and the hip and the and how they could bounce on their back foot and you know how their hips were and how you couldn't you know separate here and that's what we're talking about those are that corrupted movement patterns you know is it too late it goes back to that it's not too late as you said if players are willing to be patient and go through the process master that process and and do that and it it hit me on all kinds of levels one is that you said this i think this is key um being mundane about stuff just i mean the basic movement pattern that helps everything being it's you just have to put the work in you know and i think a lot of times aaron a lot of players maybe don't want to do that you say this a lot hey you know working hard is not sexy I mean, it's just, hey, mundane is not, it's just repetitive, repetitive motion. When I was learning how to turn a double play, when I was 20, 22, and I had to learn to jump on the other side of the bag from shortstop to second base, and I had to learn how to do that to help my my ability to, to play infield in the major leagues. I, I remember doing this in my garage in the off season just going step by step got a base went through the movement pattern no ball no glove just trying to train my feet how to move correctly on three types of double plays that i would see in the game so by doing that every day five days a week six days a week by the time i got the spring training my feet just worked it just it wasn't like some surprise but it was 10 minutes a day, Aaron. It wasn't like some crazy, like I got to be out there an hour. It was just repeating the process. And I think this is the key for all you out there, athletes trying to fi fix your movement patterns. It's about consistency. Oh yeah. <clears throat> about consistency, Aaron. About doing everyday rehearsing that thing. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I really don't have anything else. To <laughs> you know, it's really funny, right? I, you know, I want to go off here. I was with Ron Wotus, Giants. You know, you obviously, you know, he's been longest tenured giant coach. And he came and helped us for four days. And and the things that he was teaching the players, you know, you think, oh, God, these guys going to give me some like crazy like right, right. words of wisdom. And it's just the light bulb's going to go off and stuff. Uh-uh. He's got this. We're we're working 10, 15 feet away, slowing the process down. He walks them through the process like you and I always say, walk them through the process. Then he incorporates the ball at a slower speed. 
so they can have success. Once he sees her doing doing that well, and this is what we do, is that he puts it at game speed and see if they can do it like at a rehearsal and then hopes that translates into the game, you know? So I think, you know, this has been a good talk about, you know, this movement patterns and it's not too late. And I, I love that you said this, I'm the eternal optimist, you know, you are, and that's what makes you great. So um, I, don't, I don't have anything else to say, my man. No, um, you know, just maybe from a, <clears throat> a functional standpoint, here's a couple of key key things real quick and then we'll shut this down. Um, make sure your kid can do a proper squat. Make sure your kid can do a proper lunge, forward, backward, side. Make sure your kid can jump properly, do a proper broad jump, double leg and do single leg broad jump. Those are all basic things. Make sure your athlete can turn his hips across his body. He can bring his knee across their body. Um, you know, those are those are basic functional things that translate into performance. If your athlete can't do those those things, you know, you got to ask yourself, well, why are we why are we jumping over boxes if my kid can't even jump, you know, on flat ground correctly? Um, so I, I just think. You know, as parents, you want to eyeball some of this stuff. And if you can't, you know, if you're not quite sure, then at least get a professional, you know, to take a look at it and, and give you some some feedback. And it's up to you if you want to continue train with them. But at least you're not going down a path that, you know, is harder and harder to correct later on. Because, you know, again, I'm a eternal optimist, but you only have so much time and you don't want to be you don't want to have your kid at 17 18 year old really you know do you really want them working on you know abc's one two threes or should they be working on you know calculus trigonometry mm-hmm. yeah. well fans that's why they call him the source <laughs> <laughs> With that said, hey, thanks for listening to us today. Check out what we have coming up. We have a lot of things coming up, Aaron. Hey, all you travel ball parents out there, we got a seminar coming up soon. Look, look, look for us on, on Hardball Athletics, on, on Game Speed, on EJ Sports, all that. Look for us, the brand and the source. We're gonna be putting together a seminar. It's gonna help you navigate travel ball a little bit. So with that said, hey, this is Coach EJ, the brand. And this is Coach Aaron, the source. We'll see you.